Welcome to the Grumpy Metalheads podcast with the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and Shrub666. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Grumpy Metal Heads podcast. I'm the Heavy Metal Strength Coach. I don't know why I said it like that, but I am and I'm joined as ever by Shrubs666. How you doing, man? Doing good. I'm doing really good, mate. All right. What shit have you been listening to this week, mate? Well, at least we've got some albums now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start off with an EP, first of all, from Gatecreeper, because they dropped it on us all of a sudden in the middle of the week, which is really most unusual. So, But they released an EP called Expected Reality out on Closed Casket Activities, I believe, which is not actually their main record label. They've been around since 2013. I've mentioned them no end of times because I think they're probably one of the best death metal bands out there doing this kind of old school sounding death metal at the moment. I think they're probably one of the best completely. Yeah, and, and this EP, it's only 17 minutes long. It's got eight tracks on it though in 17 minutes. They're not hanging about with any of the songs, apart from one of them, because one of them is 11 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got it's got a bit of everything in there. It's got a bit of doom in there. Even the, like little bits of hardcore in there, it was great. Yeah, yeah, they they always they always do have this little element of hardcore in their sound. They 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 have done forever. I mean, maybe that's why I think it's it's one of the best because they they do kind of drop in a couple of little other genres every now and again to make it not so samey constantly. Yeah, uh, and give the listener something to listen to rather than just being bludgeoned all the time, which is what most of the 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 CP is. It's just bludgeons you, but then you get that doom track and it's uh, those doom elements in there, and it's like. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. They just prove they can slow it right down and still make it gnarly and heavy and, and worthwhile listening to. And again, it's only 17, 18 minutes of your time, but definitely worth every second of it because it, it's fucking great. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. I've listened to it a couple of times. What would you give it out of 10? I, I'd definitely give this um, 9, 9.5. It's so good. It really is ridiculous. If, if you love death metal and you like that old school, like in tunes, maybe a bit of tune mold, a bit of asphyx, you'll you'll love this this you'll be all over this yeah i think aspect released a single this week as well anyway, they did, yeah something something to do with the elite or something yeah you know another like war-based song what else have you been listening to my friends okay i i've this I've got a black metal band now called malakim uh, and their album called theon and it's come out on iron bonehead productions they've been around since 2016 from sweden and this is their debut album but this is the guitarist from Nagelfard's other project Andreas Nilsson and and it's and it's really really good I mean for a debut album it's I mean to some degree you should expect it I mean Nagel Fire been around a while now and really good band and, and a really good band and this this has definitely got hints of Nagel Fire in it but I, I listening to it again last night and this morning properly you know properly just sort of like closing everything else off and listening to it I, I definitely got a massive elements of Watain's Lawless Darkness on it throughout you know just riff wise not necessarily an elements of like Waters of Ain which is on that and it's just like it, it's so it is really really good especially as, as it's a debut album as well the production's really really good I mean I got recommended this by I, I saw my friend who's a sound engineer out in Germany 
was posting up about this because he, he knows Andreas Nilsson from Nagel Fire because he does their sound live on tours and stuff like that. And he was posted up about this and um, and I thought, well, I'll go and give it a listen and, and see where it goes. Um, and yeah, what 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 an album this is for a debut. This is this is cracking black metal. Really? Yeah, yeah. This is especially if you like that that sort of like more death metal style of black metal. So a bit more full of riffs and and less tremolo picking riffs and things like that. So you got proper full on riffs going on, but still keeping that black metal edge, black metal lyrical style of misanthropy and that sort of stuff. And yeah, this is this this is good. This is really really worth 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 your time and your effort in giving it a listen. Well, if you like that style of black metal, I mean, it's it's 40 odd minutes long. Again, there's only eight tracks on there, but it, it, it is really good. I, I would give this an eight and a half out of 10. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, this week I discovered a band um, to continue that black metal theme called Onda Macta. And these guys have been around since 2013. Uh, yep. And they're the brainchild of Archon Von Fjord which is uh, perhaps one of the most ridiculous names I've ever heard in my entire life, um, <laughs> which is amazing. These guys are on Folk Banger Records, and that's that's a really interesting name in itself. If you look into the Norse mythology around that word, which is really cool. And they, they've got like some really good bands on there, like Salvin, Dolvin, Sojourner, Violet Cold, and, and these guys seem to really know their their black metal and definitely not gone wrong with Under Macta, who seem to represent everything that's great about black metal without all the bad shit that goes along with it, at least from what we've found in their latest album, The Misanthropic Blasphemy. It's, it's just one of the best, best black metal albums I've ever heard. I, I just, I loved it so much and I've listened to it like four or five times already and I could just keep listening to it over and over again. So I heavily would recommend that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, it was on my list for today as well. I, I've got it, if if you like anything like Mork, Mork Grinning or yep. Ages yep. and Horner, yep. you know, who we, we, we've reviewed all of these bands or I'm not sure about Mork Grinning, but certainly Ages and Horner, we, we've... Um, yeah, the Mark was a release of the week once, I think. Was it? I, yeah, I couldn't remember. I, I forgot to have a look back and see. I, I, I know, I know, we've, I know we've mentioned them definitely. Yeah, um, I just couldn't remember whether we actually reviewed any of their releases. Okay. But yeah, it, it's it, it's got all of those sounds from those types of bands. I think there's a little bit elements of Dimu in there, and yeah. you know, if you want some of that more symphonic type of feel to your black metal, but without it being too over yeah I, I really enjoyed this it was a really good listen there was a couple of I think there was a couple of songs that made me sort of like perk up I'll see if I can try and remember which ones they were Keepers of the Black Flame was one yeah. that kind of grabbed my attention a little bit it was it was really good the previous the, the, album REP to this one's really good too um, and I think this is either their second album um, or it's their first with an EP it's their second album. album yeah second album and the first album's great too so um, hopefully these guys are going to be putting out uh, a very, very strong discography over the course of their career. And I'd love to see these guys live. I can imagine it's a very similar theme to seeing Taka or seeing Waten. I, I can imagine them in a evil looking flame ridden tent at some dark and dingy festival or <laughs> yeah. dark and dingy gig where there's pigs being sacrificed and um, I, I'd be right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd definitely be intrigued to see these live. It, it, yeah, I mean, if if they are anything like Watane, it could be um, really interesting. Which is another band that they are similar to, especially more the Wild Hunt album from Watane yes. rather than yeah, definitely more more the Wild Hunt rather than 
any of the earlier stuff or even the last album because the last album was like a step backwards in time for Wetane and made it a bit rawer. But yeah, it, it's very much along that that sound. So yeah, you could you could see Wetane and and Onda Makta actually touring together quite quite comfortably. Definitely, um, I'd, I'd give this album um, a nine to uh, a nine point five out of ten. I really yeah, I, I didn't think it was as good as that. Although I really enjoyed it and thought it was good, I I, I gave it sort of like an eight to an eight and a half. Yeah, so it it, it it's it is really it's worth listening to. Um, it's a, definitely a good second album, which sometimes can be a little bit difficult to get out. But I haven't listened to the first one, so I couldn't tell you how well it's progressed since their first one. But I will go back and check them out because, I, like I say, I did enjoy them, and it, and it will be interesting to watch how that how they progress and and um, see how it goes from here and where they take their music going forward. So, all right, what else you got, my friend? All right, I'm gonna. This album, I think, did actually come out just before Christmas, and and I hadn't actually got round to actually listening to it properly. This is Wound Bath and Tales of Mas- Madness out on Transcending Obscurity. <laughs> This is their fifth album. This band have been around since 1990. However, they broke up in 1995 and then reformed around 2014. So um, they've had a bit of a gap in the middle. But again, this is this is great old school sounding death metal. So if you like a bit of like Undergang, who we did before Christmas, Banished is another old school death metal band, Exhumed, even uh, like Cannibal Corpse, early days of Cannibal Corpse. You kind of got this old school production sound. So sort of like really thick, sludgy riffs, sometimes sound a little bit muddy in, in the production mix, but it, it really works for what it is because it, it is about well, being a, what, a little bit of, filthy. One of their um, releases is just called Lavatory. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that'll give you a good idea of how filthy these guys are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, even when you, I mean, the album's Tales of Madness and... I mean, there's one called Lavatory Suicide Remains, which is a song title on there on, on that album. Oh my god! So yeah, it's um, but it's it's a really really good album. I don't think it's excessively long because most death metal bands don't. Yeah, 35 minutes. So in that sort of like 30 to 40 minutes, eight eight tracks though. So they are they are spreading them out time wise. He's with it. So they allow the songs to flourish. I mean, the shortest songs on there is two and a half. The longest one is six minutes. So the rest of them all around four, four minutes long, four and a half minutes long. So, but honestly, it's a really, really, really good old school death metal album. And let's hope we have some more of these, the this style of death metal out there, because I, I really like it. It does remind me of, of the early days uh, when I was, you know, in the early '90s and stuff like that, when when these bands were actually originally starting. So, and we we did have an influx of death metal from the US, and it and it was it was basically a US market, and and a lot of the um, Scandinavian and the British death metal bands was were really struggling to get a foothold. We did have a few. We had like Carcass, Napalm Death, Bolt Thrower. But they were basically, we weren't getting many more that were actually getting a true foothold in the scene because then they were fighting the likes of Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Their Side, and all these other death metal bands that were coming out of Morris Sound Studios in Florida. And uh, literally, we were just being rammed with those because that's at the time we didn't have the internet. So it was word of mouth 
and media and record labels yeah. just shout out and Florida's players. a fucking cesspool so no wonder there were that filth coming out of it <laughs> there is that but Cannibal Corpse although they kind of moved down that way they come from New York State so <laughs> so they, they they weren't part of that cesspool yet they were writing the most cess-ridden lyrics you could imagine oh, like skull full of maggots and stuff like that you know when with an al- album title called Eaten Back to Life as their debut album <laughs> it's yeah. like Great fans, we love those. So, so yeah, but I mean, so Wound Bath kind of because they they started in 1990, they're definitely full in into that scene, and their music still sounds like it today. Yeah, and that that to me is a kind of a good thing. I mean, it does sound it does sound newer because I thought they were part of this newer scene of death metal, like Gate Creeper, Two Mold, yeah. and people like that. But when I obviously doing my little bit of research into them and find out they were actually from 1990 and they're, they're part of the original, proper original death metal scene as such, I, I just never come across them in my time. They they just, as far as I could tell, they never come across any of the sort of like British press or anything like that for me to, I mean, other people would have picked it up and would have seen it, but I, I didn't, I missed it at the time. I so. imagine this would have been really hard to pick up in um, the UK in 1990. Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I don't. You would have people in the know would have known and been able to get get hold of copies of it. Yeah, that that's the easiest way to say. It. I mean, because you could still very much like the internet today allows you to buy stuff all over the place. You could still try and get hold of distributors that would be selling it. Um, you could usually contact bands direct or labels direct to see if you could get hold of copies. So it, it's still very similar today but it was obviously just a lot longer because it was done by snail mail you had to actually write a letter to people <laughs> asking for stuff and then then waiting for a reply and then sending checks or you know getting foreign checks written so that you could send people money in you know swedish kroner or deutschmarks or, or whatever the currency was so yeah i'm even mentioning currencies like deutschmark doesn't exist anymore so. <laughs> but um yeah, you, you know, you see, so there, there was ways that people were able to get it. And sometimes if you were lucky and you had a really, really good record shop, sometimes they would have contacts with distributors so they'd be able to get you in stuff as well. So there was ways in which we were still being able to get hold of obscure material. You'd sign up to fanzines because back then there was a million and one fanzines and this is the only way you'd end up finding out about some of these obscure ones so you'd choose some sort of like scandinavian based death metal fanzine and, and you would hear about wound bath and stuff like that through those yeah. um, most of them wrote in english because they knew that they were going to have to try and sell into the u.s market with their fanzines or uk uh, and across europe most people have some limited understanding of english so they were able to get hold of it uh, and would still read fanzines so yeah there was um it was always fanzines was another way you had to sign up and, you know, send people money and, and they would send through some really craply photocopied um, <laughs> on, on some of the worst paper you've ever seen. <laughs> it's oh like, God. and they would just send it through to you and, and you'd get a fanzine in the post, which would have some really badly drawn artwork and <laughs> and some dodgy photos of, of bands that you couldn't quite tell who was in it and all sorts of it's great so what would you give this womb bath album out of 10 
Uh, definitely an eight. This is this is just a good, solid death metal album. A nice way to start, round off last year and start this year with in the death metal scene. Any more uh, new releases this week that you've been listening to? Uh, no, there's a couple that have kind of come out Friday, but they'll be in next week's because I don't anything that comes out on the Friday just before we do this, I don't I don't look into until the Sunday after we've done this. Which get, means, I haven't had enough time to listen to it. Yeah, which means. It's time for our essential metal listening that I know you struggled with this week. Yeah, yeah. you in a revelation while training yesterday. <laughs> it so, did. what while have I was you got, my friend? Breathing heavily on on the floor, dying. Yeah, uh, I'm oh, going that, to that, a band. That should be, that should be a, an album title there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Sorry, I'm interrupting again. Go. <laughs> I'm going to go back to a band that started in 1983, a band called Possessed, and their debut album, Seven Churches, that came out in Combat Records in October 1985. And I do have a Combat Records pressing of this album on vinyl. I'm very pleased to own it. And, well, this is... This is probably where we, we, we've had a lot of death metal on today. So this is where death metal started for me. This is kind of that extreme thrash that, that kind of Slayer took on and obviously made it even more popular than Possessed did. But Possessed were doing it pretty much before them. And yeah, this album is kind of that death metal thrash style without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and... They've even got a song called Death Metal on the album. So oh. that says it all. And, but honestly, the riffs on this album are so, so good. I mean, everyone raves about sort of like the riffs on, on Rain in Blood and that style of riffing that Slayer then took on with South of Heaven and, and Seasons in the Abyss. But Possessed had already done it in 1985. Yeah. You know, and they, they influenced so many people, Death, Morbid Angel, even Slayer to a degree. You know, all the all those bands that we've talked about today, Campbell Corpse, and that they all would have listened to Possessed. So I've seen them live, and they're really, really good live as well. Uh, uh, the vocalist is now in a wheelchair. He got paralysed during a shooting, and I, I didn't look any further than that. Um, but yeah, he he's still performing and performing live, rolling around the stage, singing and and encouraging the crowd still and. Yeah, he. It, but this album is definitely. I mean, one track in particular, "Holy Hell." When you listen to it, it's like, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, just the riffs all the way through, and they change them up and down every now and again. And but it just flows wonderfully. Even the title track it, it is is just rock solid. The one thing, the one thing I will say about this that kind of sounds a little bit strange when you're listening to it is. The first four songs sound like they were recorded somewhere else because okay. the production doesn't sound the same as the rest of the album. It sounds a little bit thinner. And I, and I only noticed it this morning when I was I was going through it again and just reminding myself how good this was because that's the other thing about me doing this to the central listeners. Sometimes these are albums I haven't listened to for four or five years. And I go back to it and go, oh my God, how good is this album? I need to go back and spend more time with it again and really, really enjoy it again. But yeah, it, it was just one, and I, I haven't noticed, I didn't notice it on the record, but I did notice it when I was listening on Spotify because it's easier to put it into my playlist to listen to there. But, but the first four tracks sound like the, the, the mix wasn't just wasn't just right on it. it. It was slightly off from then the rest of the tracks. The rest of the tracks sound magnificent, yeah. um, especially for 1985, 84, 85, obviously, when this was recorded. 
and then put out in 85. It, it, it does sound like the first few tracks were definitely either mastered differently or were recorded somewhere slightly differently. They still sound similar, similar to the rest of the album, just, just sounds a bit thinner in the mix with it. But other than that, that's for me, that's the only downside of this album. This, this, this album is just a full-on... I mean, nowadays we'd probably just call it thrash, but back then this was, this was death metal because this was extreme. His vocals were extreme compared to a lot of thrash. A lot of thrash had that higher pitch sound in it, like Slayer were doing, Metallica were doing, Megadeth were doing. Um, he had that kind of growl sound going with his vocals, um, for which he carried it on as well. So, I mean, they've only done, I think they've only done three albums in total. So let's just double check that. One, two, yeah, they've only done three albums. Bloody hell. Since since 1983 and the latest one came out in 2019 were these guys using a double bass at that time as well yeah yeah well and truly yeah yeah you can they're hear it they're definitely inspired um like slayer and then going into um because Steve bombardo wasn't using a, a double bass at first was he um and then that kind of extreme drumming style came in as they were inspired more and more by that style, I'm imagining. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, a lot of these bands are all, I mean, Slayer, I think, started about 1983 as well anyway. Um, so they all kind of started around the same time. And they basically, they took like the speed of Judas Priest. Well, they took the speed of Venom, mixed it with a little bit of Motorhead. And that's kind of what they all were doing, it's, except they just, some of them took it to a little bit more extreme, whether it be vocally or some of them took it to that extreme um, musically in terms of the guitars, sound and and speed, which is what Possessed and Slayer did. However, vocally, Possessed took their vocals completely differently to the rest of them. Yeah. Um, there, there was much more of a growl involved with um, Possessed vocals and fair play, because, I mean, they then started off another genre, like I say, influencing people like Chuck Schuldner in, in Death and no doubt Dave Vincent and Trey Azagathoth in um, Morbid Angel uh, and a whole host of death metal bands that that took that sort of like speedier version of death metal uh, and progressed it from there on. And no doubt you'll, you'll hear bands like Too Mold and that will we'll probably mention Possessed as well, and in particular this album, Seven Churches. As, as a starting point for a lot of their stuff alongside Venom and people like that. I mean, even, even to some degree, they, they, they influenced some of the black metal scene as well. So, All right. Very influential band to say how few albums they've put out. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing essential metal listen right there. Okay, guys. Shout out. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. You make it all worthwhile in Shrub 666. Thank you very much, my friend. No problem. Thank you.